With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. This, this, this is, 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 is Fight Disciples. We are gathered here today for the Fight Disciples UFC and Boxing Talk. Welcome to podcast episode number 300. Hmm. What do you mean? What's up? Do you want, do you want, a, grand, do you want a grander entrance? Yeah, please. It's a big one. It's a oh. big moment. All right. I'll give you a grander entrance. Tomorrow, we dine in hell. In fact, we're going to dine in hell tonight. There you go. This is our 300th episode. This one dedicated to the world of mixed martial arts, mainly UFC, but there's other franchises that we talk about as well. And you can get all this on iTunes. Make sure uh, you subscribe to our stuff. You can get, All you've got to do is click the button. You're looking for Fight Disciples. Uh, at Fight Disciples on all social media platforms, bar Instagram, it's at The Fight Disciples on there. And you can get Android feeds on our website, fightdisciples.com. Norman's just buzzed in my ear there and said, this is actually episode 518. So is that this what is it? the 518th show we've no, put out on our network. Well, this is the 518th thing. Yeah, but it's like the UFC and it, it's pay-per-view ones. This is, this is not this a... pay-per-view. This is pay-per-view. We give it here for free, but these are the named events. These are the pay-per-view events, all right? So this is your 300th pay-per-view event, mm-hmm. all right? This is where... This is where the money's at. This is where the sponsors come. <laughs> Listen, you. Imagine my surprise. I'm sat down enjoying myself, watching some UFC Rochester, trying to stay out the way of you for the weekend. Rashad Evans is going into the Hall of Fame. Who's fucking big moonhead comes up on my television screen? <laughs> Who's this lad here? Oh, Rashad. Me and Rashad go way back. You were in there, weren't you, lad? Giving it, like it the big, Flynn. giving it the big licks. It like Flynn. Yeah, inducted into the Hall of Fame. You were you? Not a problem. Me and Rashad go way back. Good yeah. mate of mine. Do you want to tell him uh, your story about the hoodie? I think I've, have I said that before. Well, you might as well tell it again, mate. It's the three hundredth episode. We're celebrating, well, aren't we? <laughs> this is why me and Rashad are tight. You <laughs> see, we spent the mm-hmm. day together. We, it was in Birmingham. I'm sure it was UFC Birmingham. This must be about a decade ago, and he was the guest fighter. And we went to like a hospital where he met kids and all this kind of stuff and Rashad's made for this stuff. And 
that's why that's part of the reason why he's in the Hall of Fame. Yes, he was a great former champion, but the stuff he's done for the sport and for the growth of UFC beyond what goes on inside the octagon, which is truly why he's in there. And uh, we went to, I'm sure it was a JD Sports. This was when fucking um, Ariani had me carrying her bag like a fucking footman. All right, yeah. Um, I was carrying her bag all day as well because she's, you know, obviously unable to carry her own bag. And we were you in, being the gentleman that you are, well, exactly. Yeah, but yeah. a bag was there, so I went. Jump me to, and that was it then for the rest of the day. I was officially a bag carrier. Yeah, but uh, but Rashad, man, me and Rashad had a giggle all day. And when we were at JD Sports, the owner was like, "Listen, man, whatever you need, just take it." And Rashad looked at me and went, "Mate, just pick some shit. Let's let's fleece the place." So we did. We fucking grabbed a load, of, a load of swag. And Rashad just went, "Yeah, I'll take all that." We got outside and he went, "Yeah." Happy days. He sorted you out with some clobber, didn't he? There we go. Of which you Me sleep. You sleep in now still, don't you? Exactly. You, still, you still keep the Rashad t-shirts. He's my boy. I have to send him a, a Fight Disciples hoodie, won't Oh, we? there he is now, yeah. Send him a Fight Disciples hoodie. One of the lads. How old was um, the, the footage of you talking about Rashad? Uh, I did it in London. The last London show. Was it? Yeah, it was only a couple of weeks ago. I was going to say, you've lost some timber since then, haven't you? I know. Oh, well, maybe it was my you. HD screen. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> you prick. <laughs> no, I liked it, mate. Just in between the fights, you popping up on my screen going, look at this lad here. And then I just watched the, our Twitter feed just go fucking mad with people going, hey, PT Editor's on here. Look at him, he's on the telly. That's woke me up. Big fat moonhead. There you go, you're on there, lad. Mm-hmm. Now, congratulations, Rashad, being inducted in the Hall of Fame. Class. Long overdue, superb stuff. Um, what is it about Danny Roberts introducing us to fighters that we end up falling in love with? Danny's our boy. There's no yeah. question about that. He always will be our boy. But he seems to get himself in these fights with these lads that, yeah, off the back end of it, he suffers a brutal knockout, and then we go on this run of falling in love with the guy that knocked him out. It's mental. Mike Perry did it in Manchester. We were all against Mike Perry coming into Manchester. Who's this guy, this brash American, giving it the big licks and all yeah. this? Then he puts in a fight of the night performance against Danny. Danny was brilliant as well in that night, but then he obviously delivers the brutal knockout right at the end of the third round, and we go, he's a bit special, that Mike Perry. I kind of like him. He's a bit of a fucking nutcase. And yeah. we all end up falling in love with Mike Perry. Now, Danny fights... Michel Pereira at the weekend. UFC debut. And we're thinking to ourselves, who's this guy here, right? They're giving it the big licks at the weigh-in and all that. Go on, Danny, do him like, you know. The guy makes his walk to the octagon, crying his bollocks off. I know. I was like, brilliant. Brilliant. Absolutely. You're I mean, in bits here. He's, he's too emotional for the... He's got, he's got under his skin already, the lad. He's absolutely in pieces. Then, all of a sudden, the clapper goes for the start of the first round... And he reverts to, like, Mario Kart. He's gone full video game as the kid. He's running around the octagon. He's running up the octagon. He's throwing in all sorts of overhead kicks and all sorts of stuff. Then he delivers that killer knee, smashes him straight down the pipe with a straight, yeah. uh, straight shot, finishes the fight, and it's like the birth of a brand spanking new UFC superstar. Yeah, man, everyone was going ballistic, and and, and so he should so. as well, man. Yeah. Pereira was absolutely unreal. So going into this fight, I'd looked at Pereira, Looked at the fact that he'd been round the block, fought in Russia, Japan, Brazil. You know, he's fought fucking everywhere. Still only a young kid, though. He's, he's only young, mid but he's well-travelled. He's well-travelled. And I'd seen some of his highlights and thought, fucking look at this flash git. You know, he literally pulls that yeah. shit off all the time, running big, around the cage, jumping everywhere. Well, that's the point. I've seen all that stuff, and I'm like, okay, yeah, yeah. Flashy shit, you know. You've done it other places, but you have never really found a base, which for me says that... You're not really either invested in a promotion or a promotion's gone. You're not really, we're not invested in you. So maybe his face doesn't fit. You know, it's not like one of ACB or someone got him. I'm like, fucking hell, this guy's going to be a star. 
let's pay him a fortune to stay with us. He kind of fights for one promotion, fights for another promotion. So mm. I was like, yeah, you're flashy, but maybe you're not all that. And then, for, you know, step up to the UFC. Danny's got, he's in the right frame of mind right now because he wants to put the fact that he got robbed in London behind him against Claudio Silva. And I was like, this the timing couldn't be better. He like to face a debutant that fancies himself, that Danny's fucking supercharged. I was game as fuck. Right until the very second when, because I only seen, I didn't see the on the scales weigh-ins or the head-to-head. I only seen the morning weigh-ins and Danny was one of the first to weigh-in. Then he weighed in later on. Mm. And I wasn't really paying attention by then. Once Danny had weighed in, I'm cracking on with my day now because it's fucking Friday afternoon or whatever it was. So I paid no attention until that very moment where they got in the octagon, came nose to nose and I thought, yeah, he looks big. And then once the fight started and he circled round and showed me his back, I was like, who the fuck is this guy? How big is this guy? It'd have been about 195. Oh my God. Like one of the execs at the UFC, I was men- I was messaging a mate of ours and I was like, who the fuck is this guy? How big is you he? You went for McGregor on I him. did. I was like, <laughs> how big is this guy? Did, did someone check this guy made weight? And I'm, I'm starting to think to myself, I didn't even, like me personally, I didn't even check if this guy made weight. Like, like it's my responsibility. <laughs> you could have called it off. Wait a minute, what the, stop. I'm, I'm, I'm fucking in Liverpool. I'm ringing, ring, dinner I'm ringing Rochester, New York. <laughs> stop that fight. I never see them weighed in. I ne- Did anyone see him weigh in? Did anyone see him weigh in? I was fuming, but uh, he, he, he threw that cartwheel kick first and I was like, please do that again and let da- Danny Timer fucking kick to the face. And that, I, I programmed myself then to go, do that, and he's running up the cage, he's trying to do the petters kick, and I'm like, mate, take that shit somewhere else. And then suddenly the flying knee just explodes with this flying knee. And as soon as I seen Danny wobble back, I thought, oh, you bastard. And, you know, he, he was out with the knee, he obviously caught him as he was going down. And then all respect to Pereira, you know, he was in every right, because the referee wasn't there. He had every right to yeah, land yeah. the ground and pound there, and he didn't. He held himself he, he back. He held himself back, so all the respect in the world to him. Probably bought Danny, I said this to you before we come on here, bought Danny a week of his life there. Them, them, them ground and pounds when you're already out, when your head's got nowhere to go. When them shots land, I always think, oh, you've just lost the fucking another Christmas when you turn 70 instead of 72. Yeah, yeah. And I just think that in that moment... What about 71? Yeah, <laughs> you're not doing 71? I don't do 71. <laughs> uh, I just think he, he did Danny a massive favour there. But my heart was broken for Danny because it's like, you know, you, you suffered a terrible refereeing decision in London. And I'm not saying Claudio Silva wouldn't have won that fight in London. No, he, he was winning it. He was Danny winning was the, fight, the fight. But Danny had turned the fight. He'd survived much worse. The referee made a real bad call. And he deserved a UFC debt. Go on, Dan. Get back on track. Go on. Free, we're yeah, fighting yeah, yeah. with a debutant. Show this guy what it's all about. You're a veteran. We move on. Put it behind you. But... The debutant turned out to be fucking, as you say, a welterweight version of fucking Johnny, Johnny Walker. Walker, for Christ's sake. So it's tough now. Dan, listen, I had messaged Dan straight away. I was like, get home. Have summer at home with your son. Forget about it. Because I know he went straight out of Claudio Silva fight, straight back into camp yeah. in America. He was home for less than a week. And, it, you know, he, he adores us. He just needs to come home now and have a break for a little bit. And just, you know, the worst thing to do now is rush back in again. Have a break now. Come away then go back again because there's not many guys the size of Michael Pereira in this welterweight division and even Michael Pereira from looking at him for the first time I like the way that you're calling him Michael it's Michelle Michelle looking at him for the first time live yeah. I'm thinking you, you're not long in this welterweight division and oh, two fucking massive. how the fuck did he make welterweight like genuinely did someone watch him make weight seriously you convinced I need to know you convinced that he's just walked did he make weight yeah yeah did he, did he fucking DC it and have one foot off the scales Balancing on the old tower. Yeah, yeah. 
balancing on the towel, yeah. He is a big dude. Mate, man. he made the same weight as Danny. 170.5. He made the same weight. Hey, I tell you what. But on the night, he would have been 190, 195. He kills, was huge. Kills me to say it, but we're fans, aren't we? Of course we're fans. Yeah. You not be a fan of someone that fights that flamboyantly and that destructively? Mm. There's a... There's a a ton of people out there right now going, when the fuck is that guy fighting again? And mm. that's what it's all about. He'll be main card next time. Mm. Sensational stuff. Michelle Pereira, don't forget the name. Crying on the way in. Definitely not crying on the way out. No. Um, Aspen I, that La- was me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Aspen Lad. For me, Aspen Lad, yeah, just needs to get a bit heavy on the mic. Yeah. I love... Listen, that's what fucked it up. Mate, she's... Perfect she, performance. Yeah, she's brilliant. Listen, what is it? Eight and all now? Seven and all? Something yep. like that? She's absolutely outstanding. The Eubanks fight, we we saw this previously, didn't we, in Invicta. It went the distance. It's done exactly the same thing again. But Aspen Lab was great. Get on the mic and start giving someone some shit. Get on to Durandame or something like that and say, Oi, let's do this. Yeah. Name someone. Don't be all nice because we know that that doesn't sell in this game. We know that. So come on, kid. You've got all the talent in the world. You're doing it in the octagon. You know full well, though, that doing it in the octagon isn't enough. Yeah. You've got to make us care. You've got to make us be asked. I watched that fight for 15 minutes, and I thought to myself, this is good, this. I'm into this. I like this. These girls are having a bit of a go at it. She's done a great job there. Well done, Aspen. Right. Now give me the extra. Give me the cherry on top of the cake. Yeah. And it just fizzled out. And then I were on to the next fight. I'd forgotten about it. Yeah. Yeah, me too, a little bit. <clears throat> Watching it live at the time, I was like, man, you're a deadly young girl you've got so much ability what is she 24 mm. like a co- she's a college student still mm. she's still mm. studying around at MMA training phenomenal uh, and maybe that's what it is maybe the fact that she is young maybe that she is trying to get a degree before she comes 100% maybe she isn't calling out Holly home for the reason that I ain't committed to this yet this is me at, this is me at 50% mm. wait until I'm 100% in this sport wait until I've done what I need to do over there and then I can come at this full throttle that might not be a bad thing because again she is only 24 you know, we, we've seen up close and personal recently what it's like to see young prospects pushed on a little bit too quick and because of so much talent because she is 8-0 you know, in the women's divisions which aren't the deepest divisions if she does start wrapping the mic then she might get a fight a little bit too quickly. She might get she might bite off more than what she can handle right now. Fighting girls that she's previously beaten might be where Aspen Lad is right now. But long term, you're right, talent wise, mm. in terms of ability, the world's a rooster. Yeah, man. I'm impressed by her. Me too. Um can you just answer me this? How is Charles Oliveira only thirty? I need that birth I need that birth certificate or that oh, bus- yeah. how's he doing that? How's no he way. pulling that up? There's no way that he's thirty years of age, mate. I'm telling you now. He's been fighting for I've been watching him for 30 years. Yeah, exactly. He first fought Nick Lentz in about 1972. <laughs> These guys have fought each other three times. Why has yeah, he fought Nick Lentz three no times? No idea, right? Why is Nick Lentz just say to Sean Shelby, fuck off? Yeah, yeah. He's beat me twice. Well, the first one was a little bit dodgy, but he, what, yeah. he did win it. The second one was conclusive. Why do you need to why go again? Why do you need a third one? Yeah, why do you need to go again? Plus, what happens if what happens if Lentz lands a shot and beats Oliveira? Yeah. Now we've we got go a fourth one. <laughs> it's fucking ridiculous. Hopefully this Oliveira Lentz trilogy, yeah, it's done, whatever right? it is, is done, completely done. And I'm, I'm speaking on behalf of Nick Lentz when I say that as well. Mm. Weird that they would play that back again. But like so many of these fight night cards, the main card here was sick. It was just like finish, 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 mm. finish. Well, regarding that, just on Oliveira, one, yep. I still don't know how he's only 30 years of age. No. But that is his first knockout victory in 24 fights. Wow. 2010 was his last knockout really? victory. Yeah. Holy shit. But he's he's on the list. I was going to say, he's the most finishes in the division. I think he's got 12 finishes in the division. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Something like that. 12, like 14. Second, like fourth or fifth on the list so, behind like Cowboy and people it, like that. I think he's it? joint second. I think he's right up there, mate. Fucking hell. But he's only had one knockout. 
Unreal. Yeah. Madness. Unreal. There you go. But at least this is his weight division now. Hopefully he stops talking about going back to featherweight because there's no <laughs> point. Just stay at lightweight. Like you, you are a guy at lightweight. Do it. Mm. Crack on. Mm. Uh, Felicia Spencer uh, submitting uh, Megan Anderson. Kind of breathing a little bit of new life into this division as well. You think to yourself, we've just been saying, haven't we, there about some of the female weight divisions, the yep. standout talent right at the top, and then you've got a pool of everybody else that just can't get near them. Very similar to Manchester City and Liverpool this season. Nobody else can touch them in the Premier League. You kind of get that in a lot of women's categories. But I'll tell you something, a performance like that from Felicia Spencer at the weekend reignites it, doesn't it? Because you would look at this and go, Megan Anderson, should... this is a fight for Megan Anderson. To a... Like you've just been saying about Danny. Mm-hmm. You're getting a, an opportunity against someone relatively new to the game. Yeah. Megan, That was made for Megan Anderson, but Felicia uh, Spencer just flipped it on its head and absolutely pounded her and then, yeah. and then ripped her neck off. Yeah, she did. And there's, there's a couple of ways on to look at this. And that's firstly... Yes, now we've got someone to fight Chris Cyborg because yeah. there's no other girls except Megan Anderson okay. in this featherweight division. But if I'm totally honest, I thought Felicia Spencer, and I don't say this lightly, is just overweight. She's a fat bantamweight. Okay, she truly is. You she's reckon a, she should be fighting in the she weight should be category fighting a bantamweight, Yeah, there's a reason why she's fighting with a full length vest on, and that's because she's got a cocky zut hanging over it, <laughs> hanging over her shorts. Not because of any other reason. You are brutal. Know what I mean? She's full. Of, she's she's full of piss and vinegar. Listen, look at him, right? He's getting cocky now because he's just seen himself on TV earlier on in the year, looking a little bit, you know. And now he's looking in slender fashion, <laughs> just because you're feeling a bit of good after your quince. I'm now going, you're throwing out fucking weightisms at everybody. I'm going to Balearics in three weeks, so yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm gradually cutting the. Yeah, bread yeah, out. yeah. You're on you're on holiday weight now, aren't you? <laughs> And not when I'd no full-length seen... vests on them beach for this lad. Ex- well, actually, I've just bought a full-length vest, but that's another story. <laughs> Felicia Spencer, she's overweight. That's not another story. For I, need professional... story. I need the story now. You've bought a full-length vest. Yeah, like a fucking. I bought one of those uh, Mike Tyson fucking roots of roots of fight vest. vest We've had this discussion, you bellend, right? The last time you did this, you bought an Ill- illuminous yellow. You bought yeah. a yellow one. Never worn it. Never worn it because, right? This, he came down one summer, right? This is this is the words of his wife. He came down one summer, red trainers, blue shorts, yellow vest. He's fucking 40-odd years of age, just strutting around Liverpool City Centre. And she's like, what are you doing? You're not coming out with me like that. That's exactly how it played Sent out. him back upstairs to get changed, yeah. like a naughty little schoolboy. And now you've gone and bought another vest because you're going on your holidays. Is that what you've done? Yeah, it's a blue one this time. All <laughs> oh, right. I'm hoping blue might get a bit more wear than a yellow. Yeah, but he's got. Has he got? Has he got Tyson splattered yeah, up? Catskills, New York. The Mate, you're in your <laughs> fucking forties, lad. Jeez. Anyway, go on. Full length vest with uh, Spencer. That's the biggest indicator to me that someone's out of shape, especially a is woman it? who is that why you bought your vest? <laughs> Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Cover up your up. Cover it. up your gut. That's it. I bought my vest for uh, Tolomelinos. Exactly. So she's not fighting in a bra and pants. She's fighting in a full length vest to hide the fact that she's got a belly on her. And even looking at her, like Megan Anderson, she can't do bantamweight. She is a featherweight. There's not a pick on her. And she's six foot. Mm. Big six foot Aussie. I'll be honest, she's shit at fighting. She's not very good at MMA. But the talent pool is so weak hmm. in the women's featherweight division. She's been able to make it into the UFC because who the fucking else is Chris Cyborg going to fight? Now they're talking about Felicia Spencer fighting Chris Cyborg. Why should she be fighting the girl that dominated the division for so long? Pure and simply, who else is Chris Cyborg going to fight? There is no other featherweights in the world. And Felicia Spencer's not even a featherweight. Yeah. But she's done the one thing that every bantamweight woman outside of the UFC should do. Eat donuts. 
get in the UFC as a featherweight, lose to Chris Cyborg, and then go, ah, well, I'm really only a bantamweight, but I'm here now, and I want to fight for the title. It's the easiest way to fast-track your weight into the UFC. Eat donuts. Eat donuts. <laughs> Say you're a featherweight, lose to Cyborg, move back down to your natural weight division, you and go. you're in the UFC. There you go. There you go. Hey. It's not rocket science. Nutrition. Easy peasy. Nutrition courtesy of Nick peasy. So, in terms of that fight, yes, I was impressed with Felicia Spencer. Thanks. First time I've seen a fight. Yeah. She's in the wrong weight division, and Megan Anderson's pretty poop. There you go. So, That's done. why you're tuning in to the Fight Disciples. There's the truth. Because we're going to give it you legit. It's the truth, man. She's wearing a full-length vest. She's carrying a bit of extra timber. Exactly. That's why the coffee's hot. Uh, Rafael Dos Anjos stops Brilliant. his skid. Two on the spin. Could have been three on the spin when he steps in with Kevin Lee. Kevin Lee making his uh, debut, obviously, at welterweight. Uh, and Rafael Dos Anjos was absolutely sensational. I thought in the latter rounds. I thought early doors, though. It looked really competitive. Yeah. But Kevin Lee ran out of... He ran out of a bit of juice. He ran out of gas a little bit, for me anyway. Um, and I just think maybe at welterweight, he's got to change his fighting style because he approached this like a dude that was the bigger dude, if that makes sense. Yeah. Rafael Dos Anjos is a, a, a career 155-pound fighter. So he's in the same, what I would class as, bracket as a, a Kevin Lee stepping up from lightweight to where he's at at welterweight right now. And Kevin Lee approached this like he was the bigger dude, which wasn't necessarily the case. Rafael Dos Anjos has been here for a longer period of time. I just think he may he might have to change his style if he's going to exist and make an impact at welterweight. Yeah. Um, but I'm delighted for Rafael Dos Anjos because you know that I I think he's since, since yeah since he's made this move I think he's looked mint. Yeah, he has looked mint, and I think it was for Kevin Lee in terms of it was kind of like the worst opponents for Kevin Lee, a guy that's got a ton of experience, a guy, what was the sign? Is he 33? I read mm. somewhere he's 33. Mm. Rafael de Sanjos is 33. He's mate, younger than me. Mate. He's younger than me. Just, I couldn't believe it. He's got 10 years on you. I couldn't, but, man. Yeah. Easy, easy. <laughs> Almost. Jo- uh, Josie Aldo's 32, mate. Fucking hell. He's got five years on you. All right. <laughs> <laughs> it's your birthday this week. Yeah, what it is. It's your yeah. birthday. Wednesday of this week, mate. Brilliant. It'll be here by then. Will it? Will it? What have you got us? Did you see what I ordered you? Oh, mate, wait until... I, did, I was open to have it today, but it's not here, so I'll give it to you next week. All right. Cost me $99 plus postage. You've not bought me a fucking vest. No. <laughs> An IBO belt, a proper one. You are can you, buy them. Are They're you $99. Because <laughs> I know how much you respect the IBO. I'm going to wear it out. I'm going to go full Eubank Jr. and wear it out. <laughs> that's how much. That's how highly they value the belts as that's well. That's it. $99 you can get an IBO <laughs> belt for. Yours is in the post. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. Um, yeah, I thought Desanos. In terms of Kevin Lee, Kevin Lee would always would come into this fight because he's young, he's cocky, he's brilliant, he's got tons of ability. But he comes into this fight going, "Oh, great, another guy that existed at lightweight yeah. but was forced to move up." I'm, I was always a giant lightweight. I'll be bigger than him. I think he convinced himself he was going to be bigger than this fight. I think you're right. But Rafael Desanos. By handing him a guy coming up, mm. something he's done a while ago, he's fully grown into this weight division. I think he just proved that he can set a tempo that Kevin Lee couldn't live with. He was he was too aggressive, too strong, too big, and then he forced the submission when Kevin Lee started gassing mm. in the fourth round. It was a rude awakening to this welterweight division for Kevin Lee. But in terms of a matchup, it was always all wrong for Kevin Lee and always all right for Rafael de Sanjos in terms of where they were coming into it in their head state. And buzzing for Rafael de Sanjos. Obviously, I, I once predicted Kevin Lee would be a UFC champion. He's never looked further away from that now. And he needs to go back and sit down and really reevaluate whether he wants to exist in this welterweight division or do what Max Holloway's done and just jump back down to your, the yeah. weight division where you were probably more successful. I would say the latter. I think he's got more opportunity at 
155 to yeah. fulfil what you have predicted there. I think at 170, if you look around, they're, they're fucking massive. Pereira. Look at Pereira. The big look how big boy. Pereira was. Massive. And Danny's a big welterweight, yeah. so look how big Pereira was. Imagine him against Kevin. Lee. And I know it's not all about size, because these lads are extremely talented, but that size factor, like we saw at the weekend, does play into fruition if you're going to have five-round fights with people. Yeah. They wear you down eventually. And they beat the fuck out of you. And uh, fair play to Rafael de Sanya. thought he was absolutely sensational. Going to be interesting to see where he goes next because he was on a two-fight skid. Yeah. Now he's just obviously re- turned that round. There's loads of amazing talent. Yeah. He's in that mix. It's going to be interesting to see who they, uh, who they uh, mix him up with. We'll get onto that conversation a little bit more in a moment or two because obviously with the Tyron Woodley being out the Robbie Lawler fight, we'll get to that in a minute because that's going to be a big part of the of today's uh, programme. So make sure you stick with us. Anything on UFC Rochester further because I want to move on to KSW you went, or maybe... You went, you went all radio mode then. Make sure you stay with us. That's coming up after the break. Make sure you stay with us. Dinner. What the fuck was that? I don't know. Jesus Christ. Make sure you stay with us. Make sure you stay with us. Talk sport cattle there. there fucking rearing his, rearing his people, head. Some people do turn off, you know. They listen to like... Do they fuck. They do. People don't turn off our show. Sometimes. It's a pay-per-view. My mum does. Yeah. Are you done with UFC Rochester? I just want to make the point that I thought the kid that came in on the undercard. Um, so Ezekiel De Santos supposed to be fighting Ke- Neil Magny. Yes, that I think that was Comain at one point. Then De Santos pulled out, and Magny got matched with Vincente Luque. Luque. and then Magny pulled out, and Luque uh, he got last minute and he, he got popped, didn't he? He got popped. Sorry, yeah. Magny did. And then Luke got matched with that kid making his debut, poor bastard. And Luke absolutely lit him up and looked sensational. Vincente Luke now completely established himself in the top 12, 13 in this division. Um, he is Chilean, I think. He's Chilean descent or something like that. Hmm. Him against Ponzinibbio on that fight that Leon Edwards turned down. Ponzinibbio headlining in, is it fucking Argentina? Uruguay, or? I think it is. Uruguay. It? Yeah, 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 Uruguay. Him against Luke. Against Ponzinibbio, headlines Uruguay. Bet that gets made this Do you reckon? week. Bet that gets made this week. Both Latin, both uh, South American uh, connections. Mm. Luque absolutely deserves a big fight. Ponzinibbio has been told he's headlining that event, looking for the right opponent. Rocky turned it down. Luque jumps in. I'm telling you, it's a great fight. Mm. KSW 49, mate. Massive win for Scott Askham. Huge. Great win. Absolutely huge. That guy's no joke, you know. The guy he fought is absolutely no joke. This is a guy that I know he's fought him before. But to go in there and to become what's that middle it's like middle is he middleweight champion? Middleweight, yeah. Middleweight champion. Middleweight champion. Yeah, yeah. To become middleweight champion, fighting a guy that all of Poland is getting super excited about. It, it it's kinda of like when it played out at the weekend. I was embarrassed because I watched did you see that amazing post that MMA fighting put out? Of Peter Carroll. But I was just about to say the same thing, right? Yeah, it was so, fucking cool. Wasn't so it? I, was in, I was watching that embarrassed because I'm like, why the fuck didn't we talk about KSW last week? Yeah, fair point. Fair point. The uh, For those that have not seen what Peter did, right, it's absolutely brilliant. So everybody's going crazy about UFC, and as we do, we do this on the show. We make no apologies for it because that's where the majority of the eyes go, the Champions League of the fight world. But there are other franchises out there that are doing extreme business, major business, that are selling out 60,000-seater stadiums and that have got some serious talent that are going into their octagons. There's fighters out there that are turning down the UFC in order to continue fighting in front of this amount of crowd. And KSW is one of those uh, franchises that is doing this. And Peter Carroll basically led this down on MMA fighting, didn't he? And he did it brilliantly. It's absolutely, He was basically preaching. It was great to listen to. Really, really good. And if I'm really honest, off the back of that, that's when I thought, Fucking exactly the same as you. I thought 
I better pay attention to that at the weekend. Just because of the passion that he spoke about, I said, right, okay, I'm in. Let's have a little bit of a nosy. I knew yeah. that Scott was fine because you mentioned it on last week's show, mm-hmm. but I didn't know too much about anything else. But the, you tune in for the Scott Askham fight. Absolutely amazing. Brilliant finish from him. He becomes middleweight champion. And then you have a little bit of a nosy round at everybody else. Mate, every single fight was brilliant. Really, yeah. really good. Really good card. And it kind of then starts the discussion, doesn't it, about we know that the UFC is the peak. That's mm-hmm. where everybody wants to go. That's where they all, all the dough is. But then... What's number two? Where'd you go after that? Yeah. Bellator, Cage Warriors, KSW, one championship. Where's the boy? Where do you go? If you are not a UFC fighter, what's the best franchise to be on? I think in terms of their singular events, KSW is probably the number two because every event's fucking sold out. Annually, they'll do a 60,000. They'll do a Wembley fucking Wembley Arena. They'll do, you know, big events where they'll do minimum 12, 15,000 tickets. And as you say, once a year, they'll do those 60,000 sellouts in Poland, which are just mental. The only issue with KSW is that they're just not busy enough. They only do four to five shows a year. Yeah. Otherwise, they probably would be, or certainly the European, they'd be, they'd be the biggest in Europe, obviously. Now, we, we just kind of go, oh, yeah, when we talk about Bellator, we say, we say that, oh, yeah, well, you know, Bellator's like the Europa League. Yeah. It's the cha- and it's probably not true. It's probably not right, because in terms of pure event, events, getting put out there. There's the UFC and one championship, they match each other in terms of events. They both do about 40 to 50 events a year, about 45 events a year. Yeah. One championship do that. Now, one championship don't necessarily do a 60,000 stadium job, but they do consistently do between seven, eight, nine yeah. thousand tickets, a lot of events. Similar numbers to UFC. Yeah, yeah. And then, meanwhile, over at Bellator, Bellator are doing, like, again, consistently... Uh, half the amount of shows is that, maybe 14 shows a year, maybe a few more, 20 shows a year. But they're doing, you know, six, seven, eight, nine, ten thousand 10,000 here, yeah. there. But then they also do those weird Thackersville events, which do like 1,200. Yeah. You know, they do these little events as well, dotted in there, which are quite frequent. With KSW, don't do that. But then Belto do more events. Now, in terms of one championship, one championship, a matching UFC event for Vent, they're covering the whole of Asia. They're doing massive site. They've got deals with likes of fucking Disney and Microsoft, like blue chip companies that they're partners with in mm. those regions. They're on mad TV exposure. When you look at it that way, you've got to go, one championship are actually number two. Yeah. They're above Bellator. Well, there's a reason why the likes of Demetrius Johnson, Alvarez, we'll get onto Sage in a minute. Eddie Alvarez is over there. Sage the, is over there's there. There's a reason why they've gone. Yeah, yeah. Because. The amount of eyeballs they get. And, and dollars. They, they can afford to pay yeah, them. The, the amount of money they've got. Like It's weird, the one championship model. Someone explained to me one saying, yeah, but it's easy to it's easy to put on that many shows when, you're not, when you haven't got to make any money. And it's like, hey, because it's just basically being bankrolled. It's just like fucking pff, do what you want, boys. Crack on. You know, there is no there is no top line. There is no like, how much did that make for us? It's just like fucking let's just do it. Let's just dominate a marketplace. Wow. I, think, I think originally it was set up. How does that business model work? Fuck knows. Originally it was set up to... Dominate the Asian market quick and then go to UFC. Come and buy us. Like they did with Pride. Buy, you need to buy us uh, out and buy this entire Asian market. Ah, okay. But I think as it's gone on, the UFC have gone, now we're going to do our own thing. We're opening the PI in China. We're yeah, kind yeah, of yeah. doing this. One have gone, you know what? Fuck it. We don't need them. Like we, we, yeah, we haven't got TV deals in the UK and stuff like that, and Europe and, and America necessarily. But that doesn't matter because... In our catchment area, there's a fucking couple of billion of us. So let's just make content for us. 
and for our market and some of the stuff they do is amazing like yeah. some of the promos that one championship do are amazing some of the fights are amazing it's a slightly different style of fighting you know, bear in mind the fact that there's no real heavyweight division in one championship for obvious reasons. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's yeah. not a lot of heavyweight guys on Ah, oh, Godzilla. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but in terms of the flyweights and shit like that, they're sick as fuck. And maybe that's why Demetrius has kind of gone over there. I know there's a link with his coach being the matchmaker for them and shit like that. But don't forget, you know, one championship, they, they've got like Misha Tate working for them now. They've got Matt Hume over there. They've got, you know, they've got... Really influential people, yeah. It, so in terms of the size and the growth, you can't argue that one championship really is bigger than Bellator. Even though Bellator are really invested in this market, the UK yeah. right now, and, that's fine. And talent pool-wise, yeah. just look at what has happened to former UFC champion Eddie Alvarez, yes. right? Well, I, this is critical for me in terms of size. Okay, what do you mean? Because, okay, so you mentioned before, Cage Warriors, KSW... A- ACB, yeah, all these promotions. ACB, quite been quiet last twelve months, yeah. but the Russian promotion at one stage, I think two thousand seventeen, they did fucking about fifty shows. They were mental. They were doing two shows every weekend, and they were real players. They've slowed down a little bit now, but ACB, Cage Warriors, um, Invicta, all these kind of shows which are consistently doing good, good work. They all accept and go, yeah, we're kind of, a, we're feeder leagues for the UFC. Our, our, that's their big rhetoric. Yeah, 25 of our champions are now in the UFC. That's great, but you're, you're, you're putting yeah, yourself yeah, yeah. down at that level. Yeah, yeah. Now, the next level up is where you've got the likes of uh, One Championship, Bellator, KSW. Now, KSW, take that model. The two former stars from KSW jump ship. Oh, now, th- you're right. There is guys who've gone, oh, fuck that. I'm staying in KSW. I earn way more money, yeah. fighting in front of bigger crowds, yeah. and I get main card exposure. Why would they go over? However, there's other fighters like Jan Blachowicz and Joanna uh, Jan Jacek, mm-hmm. who are former champions over in KSW. That went, I need to go to the UFC to prove myself. So that kind of knocks KSW down a level. So now I'm kind of left with Bellator and one. One a lot busier. Okay, let's see what they do with their UFC Stars, because that's the other way to compare them. What happens? So when UFC former greats go over to Bellator, and there's been a fucking lot of them, nine times out of ten, they go over there and they enter this Legends Tour. They do the whole Tito, Chael, Vito, you know, fucking kind of rhetoric. Well, the one boys are in a different stage of their career. So they go over. Chael's the biggest star. Vito's the biggest star. Fucking Machida's the biggest star. Machida yeah. is fighting Chael in a main event at Madison Square Garden. The biggest shot, the biggest card Bellator have done this year. Yeah. Two fucking former faded guys who are well past their best. They UFC basically, well, they did cut them. They're over there. They're flying the flag on. These are the best guys. Well, they're not. They're not even close. But you're giving them the right fights. You're trying to set them up to, to get people involved. And then go, oh, please come and look at the undercard as well. Now, one, look at their model with UFC guys. Come over to us. You're going to get fucked. Like that that's what they're doing. We'll put you in proper fights. We're putting them in proper fights. Now so now I'm you're watching one, and that's why this the fallout today, the reason this whole conversation's happening is because of what happened to uh Sage. Pretty Boy Sage. Sage has gone over there. If he'd gone to Bellator, they'd have Michael Venom page the shit out of him. Yeah. They'd have matched them with lightweights, blown up to welterweights, yeah, page, take that guy apart. He's a striker, he's a striker, he's a striker, and he'd have created him a false built him, Yeah, a false rhetoric. And, and built him up. The difference with one is they're not doing that. One are kind of going, come over to us. It's tougher here than it was over there. Mm-hmm. It's tougher. We are better than them. And that's what makes now you're starting to go, oh, shit. 
one of the fucking real Eddie, not just Sage. Look at Eddie Alvarez. Yeah, goes over there. Look, put him straight into a fucking tournament, and he gets smoked in the well, first look, round. Look at DJ. DJ won, but he was in a fight. Absolutely in a fight. You know what I mean? I mean, I know that Cejudo beat him eventually in the in the UFC, but that fight, his debut in in one championship, was more competitive than probably about ten or fifteen fights that he's had yeah. uh, in the whole of the UFC. Yeah, he ended up winning it. Of course, he did in sensational fashion, but he was most certainly in a fight. You see, Eddie Alvarez gets starched. Sage at the weekend got absolutely blown away. 29 seconds got absolutely spangled. I mean, I hope he's up. I know that he's obviously had surgery on his face and whatever. I think he had nine fractures in his face, didn't he? Um, off that one punch. But that just, for me, then reaffirms and confirms where one championship at when it comes to talent pool. Because, listen, you can't watch everything. And people listen to this, you can't watch everything that's going on in the world of fight. I mean, we no. do this for a living and it fucking wrecks your head on a Sunday where you're trying to catch up with everything yeah. in order for us to do these programs throughout the course of the week. Especially if you're a boxing fan as well. I, I pay all the attention in the world to the UFC. Bellator mainly because me being a UK resident, you obviously get that on UK television. Cage Warriors, when it's on, you try and get it on Fight Pass. I used to pay more attention to it when it was on BT Sports, of course. But then you you mentioned in the KSWs, the one championships, you've got to be proper on it. Yeah. But one championship now have kind of got my attention of going, I need to pay more attention to this because this is fucking the legit fighting the legit. You're exactly right. You've now got a, a franchise that is coming up competitive-wise in the octagon yep. that can match what we're seeing in the UFC. Absolutely. And, you know, I think the, the issue one I've had previously is, I know this because I've spoken to the guys at one. My old assistant, he works, he's, he's head the PR, I think, for, for Europe for one now. Uh, and Lauren Mack, who's a real good mate of mine over the years, he, he is head of all the press and media for one on a global scale. Uh, and I've spoken to them both about it, Lauren especially, in the past. And I, I know one came to the UK and they were, they were trying to get like a million a million pound TV deal and, and they were talking to Sky and BT and it. But they wouldn't budge in all the channels. Like, no, you, you don't get it. You can't just come in and go, we want a million quid like for your market because one in this market isn't the UFC. Yeah. And they kind of went, oh, fuck it then. It's, if they'd have come to this market and gone, yeah, bravo, you can have that for fuck all. One would be a lot higher up in our minds than yeah, maybe it is. Right. We, it'd be a lot more recognisable. But it's the fact that they're doing this to UFC fighters that they're going, come over here and you're going to get fucked. Like It's a real <laughs> fight. This is no walk in the park. This is not Bellator. With all due respect, this is not Bellator. You will not be handed fights to 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 build up your record. We're not invest. We're not interested in investing in you. We are one FC. Mm. If you come over here, you're going to be in real fights. So you better be prepared. That 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 Sage thing at the weekend. Listen, we know Sage is lim- limited. Hence the reason why the UFC even let him go. But Sage probably earned more money in the UFC than most of the welterweights in the UFC. Yeah. And then they've gone. Listen, son, you, you've hit a ceiling. We know you can't. You haven't got time to completely round out your game whatever we haven't maybe the TV model changed we're not going to invest in people like you so you're best off crack on and he's gone to one and they probably threw a load of money at him but by throwing money at Sage and going yeah man come over here yeah you'll, we'll, we'll pay you the same as UFC did but not done a Bellator and gone yeah okay you're in a real fucking fight this guy can actually fight and then the guy pounces on him and smashes his face in the way he did like that finish was absolutely brutal and then you see pictures after, did you see the picture of Sage after yeah, yeah, yeah. he's fucking he's in hospital and there's a big brain scan on the wall and his head's all he looked like um, the, that scene from fucking Batman where Joker Harvey. Joker goes in to see Harvey yeah, yeah. and half his face is fucking melted off that's how bad it is it was like um, Fight Club 
when he just pounds on the good-looking fella and smashes his skull in. Like, that, that, that's what I felt about Sage. I'm like, oh, fuck, your career's done, son. It finishes like that. that, that that's going to take 12 months to heal at least. Mm. And then what are going to do? Go back to one and fight another killer? It's, it was a massive... It just resonated as a statement from one championship to go, we are that the only direct competitor with the UFC. And I think by doing that, and having Demetrius Johnson there, and having Avi Alvarez getting starched, I think they're right. I think they are. I think one championship and the number two. Mm. Uh, back to the UFC. Who's going to be fighting Robbie Lawler? Or, in your opinion, who deserves the fight with Robbie Lawler? For those that don't know, Tyron Woodley has pulled out of his first ever fight uh, due to injury. Um, so therefore, him versus Robbie Lawler isn't happening. That rematch isn't happening yet. Robbie Lawler needs a knot. They want to keep him on the card. There's a few welterweights knocking about that have stuck their hand up. Blimey, heck, it was the who's who, wasn't it? They all wanted a piece of the pie, but who deserves it, in your opinion? Uh, it's a weird one with Robbie, obviously, because I still feel like I want to see him fight Ben Askren because I think that was a poor decision to stop that fight. So that, for me, that should still be the fight that's happening anyway. But the, he's, he's fighting Masvidal, that's yeah, happening. Yeah, I know. But So right, right here, right now, it, it's tough because, you know, we've had a couple of good welterweights win at the weekend. Um... I know Darren Till came out, didn't he, and said, I can make 175, I'll fight Robbie. So he wants a catchweight fight? He wants, because it's only a couple of weeks away, he's like, I can do 175, I can't do, I can't do 170. Um, I don't think Darren Till will get it. I think that would be too much of a, a risk for Robbie Lawler at this stage. Um, it's going to be interesting, man. Listen, Just we all know who should get it. Go on then. But has he even put it on his... Has Rocky Edwards even fucking put his head above the parapet to say, I'll fight Robbie Lawler? Has he even done that? I don't even know. He has, but not directly. Fuck's sake. What he should what he should have done, and I came out straight away, didn't I? I said, listen, right, it's on. Because <clears throat> when we did the the interview with him a couple of weeks ago on the telly, right, he was he mentioned Robbie's name. He said, oh, I'd love a fight with Robbie Lawler. And the moment I saw that news come through, Tyron Woodley's out the Robbie Lawler fight, I thought, right, get on your fucking social media now, boy. Get on there, make as much noise as you can. Get on the phone to whoever's making that fight yep. and say, hey, I'm here. I'm ready to go. I know it's only six weeks off, but I've, my hand's here. I, I'm, I'm, I've been keeping myself in good nick. I can make the weight. We can do 170, me and Robbie Lola. Let's go. 100% he should have been doing it. Till, within three minutes, was online, ready to go. I'm ready, baby. Let's do it. Ponzinibbio. I know that you've been saying there that Ponzinibbio's been promised the South American card, but Ponzinibbio stuck his hand up. Now, to, now for me, out of the lads that deserve it the most in the UFC right now, I've just mentioned two names there. Ponzinibbio yeah. and Rocky Edwards. They're both on seven-fight uh, win streaks. They've both got some fantastic names on their resume. If it goes to either one of them, I'm cool with it. I don't think Till... When I say deserves it, listen, he's the biggest name out of all of them. He is the biggest name, yeah. But with what happened against Masvidal... Yeah. I would say that he shouldn't get the fight over those two, yeah. over the one of those two. But from Rocky's point of view, he needs to make some noise because if he doesn't make noise, he's going to get overlooked again. They're going to go down somewhere else. They'll look for another fighter. They might even bring Ponzinibbio off the South American card and give him the knock because it's a great fight and he deserves it. He's on a seven-fight skid himself, isn't he? You know, seven-fight streak, should I say, himself. Yeah, you know... Listen, if you're if you're Robbie Lawler, then looking at that, who do you want to take? You know, do you want to take one of the two guys on a seven fight winning streak? No. Or do you want to take the guy that Lee Hughes lost his last two? So maybe Robbie and and is the bigger name, and gets more of attraction. So maybe Robbie Lawler does pick that until and go, yeah, go ahead, one seventy five. That'll suit me down to the ground. I think he will. It means I won't have to cut weight. I'm just looking now at Rocky's post. So I'm guessing this is this was this is Rocky Edwards calling Robbie Lawler out. 
It's ambiguous. Go on. I know a guy on a seven-fight win streak that's down for the tear-up. Give me that fight. UFC, UFC Europe, hashtag strap season. He doesn't tag him in it. He doesn't No one's go tagged direct. in it. So is he talking about himself or is he talking about Ponzinibbio? He's t- I don't know. Why the fuck doesn't he just type in capital letters, I will fight Robbie Lawler next. Call me. Yeah. Or Whereas Till did. Dana, I'm calling you now. Whereas, Whereas t- Till, on his one, he fucking calls him out directly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then Ponzinibbio even gets involved with Till at one point in the in the whole conversation. Till went direct. He just went straight into Till, Robbie Lawler. Yes, at ruthless underscore RL, I'll meet you at 175 in six weeks for the tear up. You know what time it is. That's how much more direct you want. Yeah. So now Robbie Lawler's going to go to someone, or everyone's going to go, have you seen Twitter? Yeah. And Robbie's going to go, Get that cheeky bastard. He's got to respond to him, whatever it may be. That's had 8,500 likes, it's had 337 retweets or whatever well, it is. Somebody's going to put the question to him, whether it's someone official from the UFC or someone from the media, they're going to go, Darren Till called you out, what do you think, Robbie? Then the narrative starts. Yeah. Leon Edwards didn't directly call him out. So you can't really act on it. You can't say Leon Edwards called you out. Did he? I don't even know if he did. He didn't tag me in anything. He sure he wasn't talking about Ponza Nibio. Yeah. He he sure he called me out. Leon's, by the way, you know, Darren's had 337 interactions. Leon's 84. Which, you know, I know it means fuck all. Yeah. But Rocky Edwards is above Darren Till in the opportunity. He should should be be. above him. Should be, yeah. Ponza Nibio should be above Darren Till. But I tell you now, the only conversation going on behind closed doors is, do you want to do it at 175, Robbie? Against another guy on a two-fight skid, we can sell that rhetoric. Not Ponzinibbio, who's not a ticket seller, or Rocky Edwards, who's not a ticket seller. It's weird. You're losing two fights, and yet you're going to get opportunities beside everybody else. Mm. And listen, Darren Till beats Leon Ed, uh, Robbie Lawler. He's back in. He's back above Rocky Edwards and Ponzinibbio in the title picture. I'm yeah. telling you now. Yeah. Even though it's at 175? It's like life in general. You can't sit and wait for somebody else to fucking do it for you because they're not going to do it. And we can sit, yeah. we, we do this all the time on the show. We shout to the blue in our face. That's why we were just saying a couple of moments ago regarding Aspen Lad, Nick came up with a great reason as to why she's not done that because of her age and where she's at in her life, maybe. But if you've got that talent, the talent alone is not going to get you to with the levels that you want to get to. You've got to be a gobby fucker. Yep. You've got to get on it. Colby Covington's the prime example. Colby Covington's going around, he's beating a few dudes, he's doing all right. But nobody knows who the fuck he is until he gets this chip on his shoulder and creates this alter ego and goes absolutely batshit crazy. Yep. I'm telling you now, that's not the real Colby Covington, but he's made a character for you to either love or hate. And now look at him. He's walking around with a fake belt on his fucking shoulders. He's fighting the big boy. He's yep. fighting us, man. For exactly. fuck's sake, man, you've got to do that. You've got to make noise outside of the octagon. And of course, you've got to back it up. There's no question about that. You can't just be a fake inside the octagon. But if you've got that, like Leon's done, He's beating some good guys. He's beating Cowboy. Look where Cowboy's at right now. Exactly. He's beating Cowboy. He's beating Gunny last uh, in uh, UFC London. Make the noise. Fair enough, he got overlooked with the Masvidal thing. That was the narrative. The mental. fight was there. It was there. It, it is mental how we got overlooked for that. But accept it. Get on the fucking iOS about it. Exactly. Get on the microphone and use it to your advantage. But if he's turning down fights with Ponzinibbio in, in, title, in, in main events with Ponzinibbio, <laughs> Adam, the UFC, aren't, all they can do is take him to water. It's up to him to fucking drink or not. Okay, I'm not saying he should have took the Ponzinibbio fight. But this if you're going to say no to a fight, you then need to scream and shout for something else. Yeah. Can't just go, no, that doesn't suit me, that. Oh, Robbie Lawler's free. Oh, a little cryptic message there. I'm free of any old strap season, everybody. The fuck are you talking about? You haven't even got a belt. And Robbie hasn't got a belt. It's a shame. It, it's mental. Rocky, Leon's missed a massive opportunity here. But listen... 
there's a little code of ethics that I used to use when I used to prowl in nightclubs in my younger days. Oh, I and it and it and it works perfectly in this moment. Here we go, and that is this. Here we go. This is, is a life lesson. Here. This is dating advice, boys and girls. Is a life lesson that works whether you're on the pull, yeah. or whether you're building a career as an athlete. I'm ready for you. Go. On. He who hesitates masturbates. There you go. Boom. <laughs> Wankers beware. <laughs> Life lessons on here, mate. Life <laughs> lessons. Um, did you um, did you see the uh, the charges for Connor and his mobile phone scenario in Miami have been dropped? Completely dropped. Did you not see what happened? No, I didn't know that about that. Oh, mate. Conor McGregor's criminal charges in Miami have been dismissed. The next part of what I'm about to say is absolutely legit. The victim said he, and I quote, has been made whole by McGregor and changed his testimony on the incident. Baby, we did it! <laughs> Conor McGregor made us rich! <laughs> That's exactly what's happened. Oh, dear. Conor's gone, right? How much? Because I can do without this shit in my life. And the lad's named his price. He's been done. Yeah. There you go. Changed, you it, changed his testimony. Fuck me, mate. There you go. It's easy when you've got the money to do it. Easy peasy. Hmm. Uh, thank you very much uh, for listening to us. There's no fights this weekend to preview. No, there isn't. To be fair, I could do a weekend rest. off. <laughs> I could do a rest. My eyes are hurting. I've watched that many screens this weekend. Yeah, it's uh, me too. I don't know how many hours of fighting I watched that on in literally within 24 hours as well. Really, you're talking from right. from Saturday evening through to Sunday evening. Like I was still up at one o'clock last night, just fucking still watching fights. Yeah, brilliant. Don't get me wrong. I fucking I'm better than carrying bricks, but. Christ almighty, I'm looking forward to a yes. quiet one. On Sunday, it was hilarious, right? Because my little lad, he does street dance. So they had a street dance. He thinks he's fucking in diversity, right? <laughs> so they did a street dance show. So me, the wife, his sister, we've gone to go and watch this thing. And uh, we're there all afternoon. So he's done that. We've gone out for a bit of dinner. Sunday roast job. Gets home, puts the kids to bed. The wife's thinking, all right, Sunday night, we'll have a nice drink together. We'll watch a bit of TV together. There's me straight away. Gets the iPad out. And she's like, well, what are you doing? Got to watch fights. Got to got to do. What are you talking about? You watch fight. You watch fights all yesterday. You watch fights all last night. You got up early this morning to watch some fights. What are you watching now? Who the fuck's fighting now at this time? I said nobody's fighting at this time. I'm catching up on all yeah, the stuff yeah. that we have got to talk about. There you go. Takes over your life. So I'm looking forward to next weekend. Birthday weekend as well. They've, they've looked after me there. The fight sports people. Thank you very Give much. Give you a bit of a break. There you go. I'll be uh, walking around with my IBO belt on in uh, in Manchester <laughs> Town Centre. If anybody wants to hang out, full Chris Eubank Junior. <laughs> <laughs> thank you very much for listening to us uh, please subscribe to this you can get us on iTunes uh, Fight Disciples is what you're looking for fightdisciples.com is our website for all Android feeds and you know where we're at social media at Fight Disciples or at The Fight Disciples on Instagram we will catch you next time thank you for listening if you like what you heard subscribe via iTunes